This session of Scanner School is sponsored by our new training course, An Introduction to SDR, or Software Defined Radios. Now this course is designed to walk you through the process of not only purchasing, but also installing an SDR, getting the accessories hooked up, and getting the software installed in your computer so you are ready to go without wasting time and getting you operational as soon as possible. We'll teach you how to not only set up the hardware, so you can get analog reception, but also P25, DMR, NXDN, and trunking, all, again, with simple-to-use hardware and your existing computer setup. So for more information about this introduction to SDR training, please visit our website at scannerschool.com courses. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. And welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is here to teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. So today we have an interview with Nathan McMullen. Now, Nathan contacted me, and he had an idea for the podcast, and I'm very grateful that he reached out to me. He went on our website, scannerschool.com, and he went up to the podcast link and then clicked on Become a Guest. And he filled out the form, and it basically scheduled an appointment with him that he was able to pick that worked out for the two of us, and it was extremely easy for him to do. So if you have an idea for this podcast or if you would like to be a guest, is there something that you enjoy about the hobby or something that I haven't talked about yet that you would like to discuss, please, this is an open call right here. Be a guest on the podcast by going to scannerschool.com, click on podcast, and then click on be a guest. So Nathan is here to talk about how to get into the scanner radio hobby or how to be in the scanner hobby while you're still on a budget. So we're not talking about anything crazy here. These are all affordable radios. And to put things in perspective, Nathan is a student. So he is, you know, paying for his education. He's not, you know, full-time employee type of thing. So this is pretty relatable to anybody who is looking to get into this on an affordable level. So again, this was his idea and I applaud him for reaching out and hopefully you do the same. So without any further ado, Here's our interview with Nathan. Okay, so now we are joined with Nathan McMullen. Nathan is here to talk about how to get into the scanning hobby or how to be in a scanning hobby if you're stuck on a limited budget. So, Nathan, thank you so much for being the guest today on the podcast. Thank you, sir, for having me. All right, my pleasure. So let's start off with this. Define being on a limited budget. I mean, obviously, we're not going out and buying the brand new scanners as they come out, but what type of equipment... Um, are you looking to get in, uh, to get started with? Well, what I first started with was like the low-end unit-end products, like the analog scanners, and then I got into SDR. And I know the bail things a lot of people do not like, but I have owned a few of those. Okay, so we're talking about how much on a on a on a dollar range as far as getting into a limited budget. I think the cheapest radios I have are about the dongles, the STR dongles ran me about 30 bucks a pop. I have two of them that are plugged up to my computer probably 24 seven. And then the uh, bail fangs, 
the cheap Chinese radios, as a lot of people refer to them, those were about $26. But then I kind of put more money into it when I got the uh, Uniden analog scanners. Um, one of them I purchased was like 70 I think it was the um, 355N, and then the uh, BC125AT, that ran me about 90 All right. I mean, and they're all very respectable radios. So in your, I guess, neck of the woods, you're listening to mostly that stuff that is either analog, uh, at least with the scanners, uh, analog, no trunking. And, um, I mean, the 355N, that's that's a great radio. I own a couple of those types of radios. I have um, the 350A, the 350C. So those are all in the same type of ballpark. And um, those are nice little little small little radios. Those are good analog radios. And uh, the BC125AT, that's, that's, again, you got that one at a good price. I think when I bought that one for myself, it was over $100. But that's a nice handheld radio uh, for those listening over on the other side or outside the U.S., it's it's really the uh, BC one twenty six AT, so that's that's the same kind of the UBC one twenty five AT, and uh, those Baofengs too. I mean, they mean yeah. I mean, I've I've talked about those before on the podcast, and they're perfectly doable as as far as uh, scanners, as far as getting something in your pocket or on your belt in order to listen to analog stuff. What exactly are you doing though with the? Uh, you said you had a pair of, of dongles you leave on all the time. What are you uh, doing with the dongles? So with the dongles, um, in the county I am in currently, we have a P25 simulcast system, and I have tried. Oh goodness, I'd say, I'd say about four months to try and get it on SDR Sharp and then Unitrunker, but finally I. Waste. I didn't waste time. I took a lot of time into my day and got SDR trunk to work, and I finally got the simulcast system to work, and I've had it up ever since then. Excellent. So again, you you're running two dongles in that. Yes. Okay. So for about sixty dollars, and you said you know a good part of your afternoon, <laughs> you you're up and running. Yeah. Okay. And and you're listening to what a phase one or a phase two P twenty five. Um, I can get. A phase two system up in a county for one of our, like another university up in a county just north of us. Mm-hmm. But down here in our public safety, it is a phase one system. Okay. So, I mean, you turn two, two dongles, so you're about $60 a full afternoon, and you're walking around with something that's better than a $350 scanner at this point uh, or desktop. So you're not walking around with it per se, but you, you have it on um, uh, using your computer and, and, and you're operating. So again, under a under a budget for under a hundred dollars, um, you know you, you have a P25 trunking radio, which which is really really good. Um, what other things have you actually tried to do with the uh, the dongles besides uh, P25? Have you been using them for anything else? Well, I've looked into satellite tracking. I've, and to me, that's a, for my level entry because I've only been in the uh, the radio hobby for about a year now. I've focused a lot on the trunk tracking and the digital systems. I've done I've, I've done like the you know the weather stations and the FM stations on the analog side of SDR. Okay, so again, you're you're just into the hobby for about a year, and I mean you got a pretty respectable setup already. So, and again, it's it's this this is all that. You know, you can do on a very limited budget, it sounds like. Um, what primarily are you listening to, um, you know, besides the trunk system? So primarily, 
honestly, that's mostly what it is, is the trunk system. The uh, analog stuff is more of aviation because I am an, an aviation student at a university right now. So all the analog stuff, there's like, I think three or four analog channels that I can listen to outside of our county. But other than that, in the county I'm in, it all needs digital radios. All right. So we, we said before that, you know, you're using the computer now to do the SDRs. Um, and looking through your list here, you have you have the Baofeng or Baofeng. Those, those are portable. The uh, 355N, that's a, that's a mobile desktop unit. And again, the 125. So are you finding that you are kind of limited on your P25 because you're tied down to the computer? Or are you looking at, uh, you know, changing things up a little bit so you have something that you could take portable with you with the P25? So with that, the uh, the dongles are great. I get anything I really need in my area. But you, you do sacrifice the mobility with the uh, dongles connected to the computer. And I'm trying to purchase a Whistler 1040 right now, and those are like around $200. So I'm trying to get an entry-level mobile digital scanner. Okay. Yes, I know um, I just got an email today from, from Whistler, and they do from time to time. They have their scratch and dent catalog. So they actually just have a, a 1040 just came online today um, uh, in the Scratch and Dent. And I just bought myself the TRX2 on their Scratch and Dent uh, website. And minus one little hairline in it, it was like a brand new radio. So it comes in a you know an un, unmarked box with a 90-day warranty card in it as opposed to the, the full standard warranty. But um, taking it out of the box, if I didn't know that it was a Scratch and Dent, I never would have known it was a scratch and dent, so that might be something for you to to go and take a look at if you want to save a couple dollars. There is um, you go right to Whistler.com, and then there's their refurbish or scratch and dent link, and you can go in there and they from time to time start adding different kinds of scanners. They also have the radar detectors and power inverters and stuff like that in there as well. So if you're looking to get on something with a budget um, and save a couple dollars and get something that's still pretty new, that that's an opportunity to do so for yourself. Um, so again, we're talking about being on a budget. What are you using as far as a computer? So computer right now, I, uh, I have three of them actually. Um, some of them, like one of them was given to me as a Christmas gift, uh, I think about three years ago. And it's a decent windows laptop that runs it. And I have no problem, but I do have an old, like 10 year old computer that I have hooked up to broadcastify that I tried to use with the dongles, but it, it just, it was too much for it. Okay. So you're using a fairly newer computer, not something you just got off the shelf today. Nothing that's going to cost you uh, a couple hundred dollars to get into or something like that. You know, it's something that's that's fairly affordable. Because uh, that's also another barrier point too. I mean, the dongles are great, but if you need to have that computer in order to to get onto it. Uh, but you did. You touched on something else too, which is which is really interesting. Is you're using a computer again for Broadcastify. So that was another way you you got into the hobby without sacrificing a lot of money. Was that you started taking advantage of the online uh, streams and other people's uh, setups in order to, to listen to what it is that you're listening or wanting to listen to. Right. Um, so right now I do have three streams of broadcastify. And when I started my whole hobby and I, I was only listening to aircraft because I just thought that was awesome. And I, I thought, you know, well, there's other things out there I can listen to. And I pulled up the County, there's nothing in the county I am right now, but back where I am at home, there's like there's the police, there's the fire and everything, and it was just all wrapped into one. 
So I thought I would just give back to them because give back to Broadcastify because they really did jumpstart my hobby very well. And I think if anybody wants to start at square one, that is probably the best place to start. So what exactly did get you into the hobby though, as far as an interest in, in scanning? So back in 2017, I was gifted my first radio, which was a Yesu FTA 750 or, or the 450. And that is an aviation handheld radio. And I started playing with that and listening to aircraft and I kept it for about a year and a half. And then I started thinking, you know what, there's more things out there that I can listen to that would be of interest. And then besides portability, which we just talked about, what, um, what do you feel are the limitations that you're under because you're operating on a budget? Um, the other thing too, is that, you know, with the software defined radios, you can run into a lot of problems. Like I've ran into a lot of software glitches and I mean, the way the programs work on my computer, they're not, and it takes like, it's very unstable in my opinion, like not the programs of my computer because I'm messing around with all the files. And I think if you want to get into SDR into like, you know, SDR trunk, it's a lot of information that you need to know and a lot of files that you have to put in the right place and certain programs you have to have downloaded. Yeah. I understand what you're saying about SDR trunk. I know when I was trying to set it up myself, you have to get involved with the, the Java libraries. Then you have to have the correct uh, encoder in the, in the right place. Uh, and then finally you, you launch it and you need one dongle really to watch the, the control channel. And you could, you could use it with, with really with one control uh, with one dongle um, and SDR uh, was it um, using what trunk uh, trunk SDR? What, what they call it? Um, what's, um, what's the two the two trunking ones I've used is Unitrunker and SDR trunk. SDR trunk, right? So, so when using SDR trunk, you know things need to be kind of set up the right way. Have you? I mean, you're you're going one way or the other. So you're using SDR trunk instead of instead of Unitrunker. Well, Unitrunker, um, back home, my simulcast, I'm kind of like, it's kind of isolated to one, I can get it isolated to one tower, because where I am right now, I'm like in a dorm room that's like five stories up, and, you know, with the simulcast here, and where I am right now, I'm getting multiple tower inputs, and every time I try and open up Unitrunker, I don't get anything at all. The health on Unitrunker is at like 10, and I can't like get any decoding whatsoever in Unitrunker. Gotcha. So, again... One of the advantages about having the SDR is the ability to change the program so that you can find something that, that will work a little better for you. Uh, are you using Unitrunker 1 or are you using Unitrunker 2? Um, I didn't know there were two different ones, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I've downloaded the latest version on their website, Okay, and I started working from there. Gotcha. All right. So the commercial version of Unitrunker is actually Unitrunker 1. whatever it is. And that has some basic information uh, or basic drivers to get the SDRs to work. And it's definitely a long way from where it used to be when they first started that version with SDRs. You had to run um, uh, SDR Sharp with a DLL file, and, and, and that would tell Unitrunker how to get the information out of it. But if you go into, I think it's unitrunker.com slash v2. Uh, again, I'm not too familiar with the web, with the link, but I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, the correct link. And uh, if that's not it, but it's a brand new interface and it's really wrapped around only using SDRs. So it's, it's, it's a little bit cleaner. Uh, it's still definitely in beta. There's a lot going on in that version of the software that you're not going to find in version one. And I know he's been working on that one for well over a year. 
but it works really well with an SDR. So if you're not using version two yet, the other thing too is too is once you go from version one to version two, it wants to suckle your version one files and reformat them. So you're not gonna be able to take those files and go back to version one. So make a copy of your working directory and your unit trunk or roaming directory, just so you have it as a backup. And then go ahead and try version two and see if that helps you out at all. Because um, I know a lot of people are actually using version two. It's an active development. And uh, I think he turns around a new version every couple of weeks on that one so that, um, uh, you know, he can keep it updated. There's also, if you go on to, uh, there's a Google group as well. So if you do a search for Unitrunkle Google Groups, you can go into there and subscribe to that. And that's where you get all the information on, on what he's doing on version two. With, um, with, uh, now that you think about it, you just said it, I am pretty sure I am using version two because I only used SDR Sharp to find the control channels. So um, both SDR Trunk and Unit Trunk are both great programs, but I think the thing in my county where I am right now where it stood out, uh, SDR Trunk between Unit Trunk was the SDR had a simulcast like uh, toggle button. Okay. And that I think I was like, I was testing. I'm like, okay, this has got to work. And as soon as I flipped the, uh, the simulcast switch, it automatically, everything started working properly. Oh, that's beautiful. So, uh, so yeah, that was the website, unitrunker.com slash V2 for version 2. And, again, we're talking about free software here. So, right now, you're still on a budget. You could get away with the one, with the one dongle. Uh, looking over here, too, at the requirements for Unitrunker version 2, obviously, you need um, the SDR. Need a Windows PC with 64-bit multi-core processor, uh, Windows Vista 7, 8, or 10, uh, 128 megabytes of free RAM, 83 megabytes of free disk space, and then the more systems you want to monitor, you know, the more RAM that's required, and of course, a little bit of disk space to monitor or to log everything. So again, it doesn't take you know today's top of the line you know Intel i7 core processors in order to get uh, to get Unitrunkle working. So again, I was I was wondering too, have you played around at all with uh, DSD Plus to do any monitoring? Oh yes, I have definitely. So I originally only had one dongle, and then it took me about a few months to get a new dongle. So what I did was, is with the first one, I would just use SDR Sharp with a add-on for scanning because they have scanning add-ons, and I would mm-hmm. just input certain frequencies, and then with the VB audio cable and then DSD Plus, and that's usually that's how I got my digital trunking and my digital tracking started. Okay, and again, are you doing Fastlane, or are you just using the uh, the public version of it? I'm using public. I have looked into getting Fastlane, but I know the price isn't too bad. I just haven't pulled the cord yet. Okay, again, I'm just, you know, because we're talking about operating on a budget, and uh, again, I think Fastlane, as far as a lifetime license, is something like $25, but uh, doing what you're doing on it and doing what most people will do too, the, the, the public version or the free version of the software is 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 pretty powerful as as it is. So again, operating on a budget, that's great. Um, have you thought too about any way of t- like maybe tying in a Raspberry Pi? Because I mean, those are thirty dollars computers. By the time you had a case, you're looking at sixty dollars, um, and, and using that as some way of, of a receiver. To be honest, I have looked into it, but like when I, when I look at an, a Pi, a Raspberry Pi, I'm thinking it's like to me it's overwhelming, which it, it probably isn't, but to me it's just very overwhelming to mm-hmm. to think. I think it's very sophisticated. Again, it probably isn't, but to me, it was like my friend had a few of them, and he would 
he wouldn't use them for radios, but he'd use them for like other computer things. And to me, that was very advanced and sophisticated, in my opinion. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second too, because you know we're talking about SDRs and a couple pieces of software that we're talking about here. Um, what is, I guess, your skill set when it comes to using the computers or anything else? Are you, are you, uh, you know how to turn it on and log on, or are you, I mean, are you programming your own software? What, I mean, or are you average user? I mean, what do you, what would you say that your skill set is when it comes to using a computer? To be honest, after SDR trunk, I feel kind of advanced, but. Um, I usually, you know, my day-to-day in and out is just, you know, in Word and PowerPoint. So I'm going to say like a average user, you know, doing homework or on the internet browsing and stuff like that. But I can navigate through like certain program, like program files and stuff. Okay. So, so again, you know, anybody can pretty much do what it is that you're doing. It's, you don't, you don't need any special degrees. You don't need to have, you know, computer science <laughs> to, to be able to set any of this stuff up. It, it is, uh, um, it is something that is tangible for most people as long as they have a computer um and again obviously you're using windows you're not using linux at all or or mac or anything like that right right and the other thing with the the whole sdr and the software is that thank goodness for the radio community because you know there's all these tutorials online and on youtube and on websites that's basically where i got and figured out how to do all of it Okay. Uh, what type of uh, online resources have you, been, have you been using? I use a lot of YouTube. You, I like seeing things visually and seeing someone else do it, and I have it on one side of the screen, and then I have my files or my programs on the other side, and I can just do the same thing and mimic it. Okay. Do you have a favorite channel? Uh, I do not, per se. Um, okay. I need to, honestly, but um, I usually just Google, you know, SDR trunk tutorial or mm-hmm. setting up SDR sharp tutorial. Okay. And what is it out there now? And then I'm looking at, you know, suggestions from my own channel. What type of tutorials would help you going, going forward? Um, I did see that in a previous podcast, you talked about your um, SDR class. I think that is a great idea to be there personally, like on the phone with somebody talking through it all and everything. I think that's a great idea. Okay, yeah, that was just really for the first round. <laughs> so um, I don't know <laughs> if, if uh, the hand-holding thing will be there for the future. But, uh, yeah, so that was, that was my validation. If I can get enough people to come on and, and do a class with me uh, live, and this way I could answer questions. And, and, and the whole point of that was to kind of create an outline that where I'd have other people's questions as I was, as I was teaching it so that I'd be able to make sure I covered that again when I re-recorded everything. So... Um, as we're recording this today, I actually signed up for an online uh, teaching platform so that I can create the course as an on-demand type of thing so that somebody can just come in and, and purchase the course and then uh, get access to it. And this way, whenever it is they have time to take the course, it's there. And, of course, it would be a lifetime access as well so that um, you know you can go back a year from now or if you got a brand-new computer and you had to rebuild everything, uh, you could just sit down and take the course over again and uh, and go through it and reset everything up. So it also allows me too to to not only you know have the course and do it in four weeks, but also expand on it and and maybe you know tear it out. That if somebody wanted to do something with a Raspberry Pi or if they're using a Mac or they're using you know Ubuntu on on Linux, that I can kind of tailor a separate but a related course uh, or or an add on to that as well. So um, besides the uh, besides the trunking on the SDRs and besides analog. Are you doing anything else, or and again we talk about Procastify as well? But are you using the SDRs any for anything else, or are you just strictly using it to monitor a P25 trunk system? 
To be honest, it is mostly monitoring police and P25 trunking systems. I have looked into, oh, goodness, I think satellite data. I have attempted that, but, yeah. um, you know, for the satellites, you need to, for certain satellites, you need special antennas. And right. I'm not a big do-it-yourself guy. Like I can't, I'm not very coordinated with building things. Okay. And as far as the antennas go, I mean, you said you were five stories up in, in a dorm room. So you're just using basically the magmatic mag antennas that come with the SDRs? Yes, I am. And then the uh, analog, the one of the analog systems for a uh, aircraft frequency, I have, um, it's stuck up like, there's, there's like little tile panels that I can push up on my ceiling. I have the antenna really running through that for the analog stuff. Okay. Excellent. So obviously, college student living on a on a on a college student budget. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you you can get into the hobby, and it sounds like you know it's 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 definitely um, you know you're definitely getting value out of what you're putting into it. So again, you said you did invest an afternoon to get the SDR stuff working, but the payoff on that was that you saved yourself an incredible amount of money on this one. You you saved almost three hundred dollars. So you know, time invested in trying to get the software up and running and, and, and sitting down and watching some videos. I think that uh, uh, your time versus the money trade-off was definitely there. So, uh, that I mean, personally, I, I keep saying it too. I think that SDRs are really the future of what the scanning hobby is going to be. I mean, some people can, can you know, debate me on that if they would like to. That's fine with me. But uh, for what you can do with them and the value that's in there and, um, you know, and, and they run basically from the top to the bottom of the range. There's no blocking in them. Um, the software that you can install allows you to do, you know, multiple different things from, uh, again, I don't know if you've played around with uh, ADSB or ACARS or like that to help you out with the, with the, with the aviation stuff. But, um, you know, just the different things that, that you were talking about earlier and, and what you can do with them. I mean, it's it is definitely more than you can do with a handheld radio, even even more than you can do with with Unidin's new you know SDS series. What you can do with an SDR uh, will will certainly give the SDS series of of radios a run for their money. And I did forget to mention that you brought up A cars and ADSB. I actually have done both of the. I've not done the A cars, but I have done the ADSB with um, one of my dongles actually came from a flight tracking site called flight aware. I actually, it was originally was going to be used for ADSB only before mm -hmm. I got really deep into the radio hobby. Okay. So you're actually using their USB stick to do other things than just monitoring ADSB. Yeah. So what happened was, is I was doing some research when SDR came into play. I don't remember exactly how the topic came into my head or where I found it, but I had it sitting on my desk and I really didn't use it. And I said, wait a minute, this looks like an SDR. I wonder if it can do the same thing that one of theirs can. Cause they had like the, uh, the basic, um, it's like the $30 one on Amazon. It's like the metal, the metal encasing it and had black writing on the top of it. Right. Yeah. That, uh, the metal ones, the, the new elect, I think is, is the, um, uh, the basic one. That's the one that I use and I recommend for anybody to get started with. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think you're doing very well with what it is. Do you have um, any other suggestions for anybody that's that's looking to kind of jump into the hobby and not spend a lot of money on it? Well, I did forget to neglect. Um, I know Bale Fang. Um, so recently, my last purchase I had purchased was it was a little bit more expensive than what I thought. It was about I think I paid eighty bucks for it. It was and it was my 
entry level, in my opinion, was an entry level digital into DMR. It was an RD, it's an RD5R. And um, it has worked well. Um, there are a few DMR systems in my, around my area that I'm, I can get. I used to listen to it on SDR, but I was able, I was like, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice the money a little bit and actually get a radio that I can just take around me, you know, in the car or if I'm walking somewhere or, you know, just not having my computer up the whole time, I can just have it as an actual radio. Gotcha. And then, so that you're using one of those, the Daofeng DMR radios. Are you able, is it just really uh, tier one, tier two on that or, you know, conventional DMR, you're monitoring that radio? The RD5R is tier one and tier two. And um, I haven't gotten in it to work with like certain channels. Like there is a um, AMR, it's an ambulance, like it's a trunk radio. And I still haven't gotten it to work with that. I don't know if it's even compatible with it, but I do have a few business, there's a few, a few business systems around here that I can get very easily. Gotcha. Okay. So again, for, I mean, cause, cause if you think about it, you spend $80 for the radio and you would have spent $60 for unit ins upgrade. You know, if, if you had, you know, one of the radios that supports DMR anyway. So, uh, the, the, the radio would have gotten you, you know, the, the, the $60 upgrade would have gotten you tier three as well for, for capacity plus and, and, and connect plus and all that stuff. But again, it's, it's something you could quickly do too with your SDR dongles is you could just run, uh, DST plus and be monitoring something like that as well. So, um, again, all within your existing setup for, for your budget as well. So, um, it, besides getting the Whistler, uh, any other future purchases that you're that you're making that stay within, with your, within your budget. So other than that, that's probably it. I'm hoping to save more money for, um, it's kind of, it's a digital version of the, uh, BC 125 AT. It's okay. the uh, digital version of that. Right, the 325P2? Yeah. Yep, That that's a, a, a great, great radio. And again, too, I mean, the used market out there is is uh, opening up a little bit now with the SDS 100-200. You know, people are starting to, to ditch their 436s. Uh, I see a lot of people picking those up for uh, a really good deal. So if you're into the, you know, looking to 325P2, you may be able to find somebody who's just willing to get rid of the uh, 436 for about the same price. So uh, you keep your eyes peeled on that too. And the uh, other thing too is is that I have one radio. Sadly, it's broken. It was a, it was like a big old brick. It was a uh, Radio Shack radio that I got at a pawn shop for like $30. And then... Um, Another thing I did was is I went, I was in the market for another aviation only radio. I found out the airport I fly out of the uh, the uh, little uh, the uh, flight operations was getting new a new handheld, and I just approached the owner and said, "Hey, I can give you like twenty thirty bucks for this radio," and he had just give it to me for free. Oh, there you go. So that that's so another think, way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's another idea. I mean. All you're going to get is no, but I don't think it'd be hurt to ask, you know, ask around. Maybe you can get somebody to, you know, maybe you know somebody who works at an airport or something like that to get them to sell you or give you a radio. Right, right. And again, again, not completely unheard of too. I, I know, uh, you know, you could find some surplus gear if you go to a, a ham, ham fest or uh, sometimes you look on eBay and a lot of stuff too. But that was very popular too when, when uh, you know, years ago when systems used to retire the Motorola gear. If it wasn't bulldozed or uh, demolished, it would find its way into the amateur radio used market. So, um, you know, and, and again, the pricing on 
on, on those, even though they're not really scanners, but neither are, are bow flanks, uh, you can get into those, you know, depending, again, which, which model you're looking at uh, for, for a real fraction of the price. So you've also said, too, you, you picked one up at a, at a pawn shop. I mean, have you found success going through other, other means of purchasing radios to stay within your budget? I have not. I've done research on eBay. I almost pulled the plug. It was a discontinued unit, and it was, um, I think, Trunk Tracker 3. It did the 800 megahertz, and I uh, only was going to buy it for one reason, and that was because there was a sheriff. Um, the county just north of us is a P25 simulcast system, but their sheriff, for some reason, is still unencrypted. It's on its unencrypted. It's not digital. It's on its own frequency. I almost just bought the radio because of that, but then the RDR swept out from under me. And I mean, the RDR swept under me. And I was like, I think DMR is more, more of a better purchase for me at that point. Right. Right. So again, it all comes into what it is that, uh, uh, has, has the higher priority for you. So excellent. You got to watch again. You got to watch eBay as well, because you'll get somebody who's just sitting there watching something and what you think is a good idea. All of a sudden now you fall in love with the buying the, buying the radio and somebody comes in they, they, they start jacking the price on it before you know you've gotten yourself into a bidding war and um I, I i remember many 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 years ago i got myself onto the wrong end of a bidding war and uh immediately went well i spent too much money on that one it wasn't it wasn't as much as it would have been <laughs> if it was new but um you know it was definitely more than what i was i i should have purchased on for what it was and um uh, I think that was like a BCT7 way back in the day, which again sits in the same family as the 355N that you have. Um, but but again, you, you, what, what looks like could be a good deal up front, and if you look at eBay too, you can actually do a search on eBay and you can look at the completed listings and see what things have sold for too. So if you find something interesting online, say you, for example, we were talking about the 325P2, uh, you could do a search for that and then go to completed listings and sold listings, and you'll see basically what the prices are that they're, that they're actually selling for so that you know what your max bids should you know, be or, or be expecting to pay for it. Uh, another thing to do is to watch out for people's crazy shipping costs. I mean, some people will, will ship something for $30 or uh, you know, $50. So you have to kind of uh, put that into the actual cost of the radio itself. I know I just picked up a... Um, one of the reasons has been on my wish list for a while I never actually owned was a Pro 2006. So um, I found one on eBay that sparked my interest. It needed a minor repair, which I feel like I can handle. And the guy wanted like $30 shipping on it. So, of course, I, I said, here's my max bid that I want just to spend out of pocket. So fortunately for me, um, I was able to bid and get it for the total price that I was looking for and, and still feel like it was a good deal. So... Um, you know, e- eBay's good, but eBay can also uh, be a disaster. And I've also uh, purchased and sold units off of Craigslist. So if you don't mind, really? you know, yeah. So if you don't mind meeting up with somebody, sometimes you'll get, and you got, you got to be, you got to be creative when you look for Craigslist. Sometimes people are just going through their closets and they don't know what it is they have. So they might think, you know, they might just say radio. Uh, they might just say trunk tracker with that actual mile number in it. Uh, they may just call it even a CB. So sometimes it just pays to just look at, you know, just the, the entire catalog uh, underneath there. I've actually bought antennas and towers off of uh, Craigslist because people just post it up there and they just want to sell it locally. And, uh, you know, one guy, I, I got looking at this one too. The guy's like, yeah, I'm moving next week and I have a tower on my roof. I mean, a, a, an antenna on my roof. I got to get it down. 
And I saw the ad a week later, and I said, "Hey, you know, I know I'm a week late. You said you needed it gone last weekend, but you know, if you'll take cash, I'll I'll come and get it." And he's like, "Yeah, it's already on the ground. Just come by." And I'm like, "Score!" Wow. <laughs> so it was well, like, a- yeah. So like with the whole eBay thing, I have looked on Facebook Marketplace and stuff. Mm-hmm. Somebody was selling, I think, a TRX one for like two hundred dollars, and I almost I was. I didn't have the cash or anything. I was just like, if only I had the money, I would have bought it. Mm-hmm. But again, right in my opinion, you do your research because you know you don't you want to make sure you're getting the right radio for your area. So yes. that's that was one of my mistakes I've made. Was um, I wasn't when I bought my first analog, I sh- which analog is a good start. But like I wanted to get, I wanted to get everything. So I didn't do enough research to understand that my area was digital. And again, I'd make another extra purchase down the road, which is fine. But I can just say, do your homework, you know, make sure you're getting the right radio and make sure you're getting a decent price for it. Yep. And that's that's also a very good point. I mean, I've, I've heard stories of like that too, where it's like, hey, I just got this radio, what can I listen to? And you look at their counting, it's like, um, yeah, do you like Aviation Marine and Amateur Radio? <laughs> that's all you're going to be able to listen to. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, because what happened was is um, when I got the uh, 355N, I immediately looked at the database and it was like you know P25 simulcast, DMR, um, next uh, NXDN, and I had to. And the other thing too is um, radio reference isn't a complete database. Like, and there's channels I found that I've I have added to radio reference, but if you just do like these unidents have these close calls or mm-hmm. even the SDRs, you have like the waterfall, you can look through these and you can just find things that are not even in the database. And then the SCC database is probably another good place to look too. Exactly. And and then that's, that's again, a, a good point with uh, radio reference is that it's a user contributed uh, database. They, they don't take the FCC database and import that and, and make your list, make their list from that. Uh, they're more of a confirmed uh, user database of active frequencies so you may find that there's stuff out there and again that's I, i've said it before too this is that's a lost art with the hobby is actually finding something new putting the radios into search mode and and going out there and, and trying figuring out what it is that you're listening to so that was something that you know uh, a, a lot of the guys listen to aviation i mean you you're you do that you know you you may scan the band they see what else is out there um, but when it comes to general public safety, you know, a lot of people just, they want to turn the radio on, uh, they want to just know what they want to listen to. And, and that's where they, they take it from. But again, you, you said, use a close call, find out what else is out there. Use the FCC database to find out, you know, wh- who's using that frequency. And, and again, you may find that somebody is using that frequency that doesn't belong there. Um, and, and those kinds of things do get submitted into radio reference where it's, it's an unlicensed operation, but you know, XYZ agency is using it. So, um, you know, it's right. But again, radio reference will at least and, give you the ballpark. You know, you need DMR, you need NXDN, you need trunking. So, so that's where uh, that's good for. Uh, go ahead. Right, and sometimes um, radio reference is not up to date because um, I we went to a county north of us. They won a football game, and they were all running berserk. And um, I had I had the three fifty five, and that was a, I still had I had it hooked in my friend's car to the cigarette lighter, and um, it, they were trunked. So I was like, well, crap, I can't get anything. And then for some reason, one of the channels was like, you could, you would hear the digital 
pop in and then you would hear the analog at the same time. So it was like a transitioning channel. So that's the other thing too, is, is like radio reference is a great source and I use it goodness all the time. I'm at least on the site at least three times a week at least. But with that, it's like not everything's up to date because there's been a few analog things I'm trying to get on my radios and it ends up being an XDN or it's been moved over to a digital system. Yep, and that happens that happens as well. So again, people just need to submit that, and then you have to have an admin, a DB admin, that goes in there and actually works the ticket. Um, and if you're like me, you'll 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 take a couple of them and you'll queue them in your in your workflow, and then work on them on the weekend. So it does take time to uh, to go through the process. So but, right, um, and and also with the P twenty five trunking systems. Um, the trunking system here in my county, there's a lot of talkers, and I thought it was very well laid out. People and our people in the hobby did a perfect, a great job of it, and I'll be honest, they did. But you know, there are a few talkers they slipped through, and they and have been not been added yet. And I was luckily able to help, like help them out and add a few of them. Yep, and again, great, great use of the hobby. And you were just finding that through um, through your SDR trunk. Uh, I guess it was, they were just coming in unlabeled. Or were you logging it through some other method? So I just found the county in my, I just found the system of the SDR trunk and the simulcast system. I just got to work a few weeks ago and I set up all like all the fire departments and EMS and the PDs. Sadly, the PDs are encrypted, but that's a different story. But um, it'll usually just say talk group number and it won't have a name next to it, like a uh, talk group ID. Like you can name in SDR trunk, you can name the uh, talk group anything you want. It would just come up with a blank where the name should be, and it would just have the talk group number. But that's good. It sounds like you have a nice, uh, respectable setup. You're, you're you're growing into it nicely as far as being on a budget. Uh, it's it's nice too. You're able to to grab a couple pieces of hardware a little bit at a time, and you didn't let new technology, um, you know, get the better of you when it when it came to the scanning hobby. You know, as far as not being able to listen to your local county or your P25 because it was out of your price point. Um, you know, using SDRs, thankfully, um, that was the way for you to keep tabs and, and get into the more expensive tier of of scanning without having to spend the money to get up there. So um, any last bit of um, advice or anything like that for anybody who's now thinking that, you know, they're not going to let money uh, be, let this be a hurdle for them, that, that they're on a tight budget? I mean, the way I see it is if you have the money and it's not, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, you, you want to take that money for radios. Again, look at your options, see what, like the hardware you have available. Like maybe like if you're going to look into SDRs, make sure your computer can handle the dongles because, you know, it would be very, it would be very unfortunate that it doesn't work on um, one computer because it's not powerful enough. Like I tried to set up a uh, stream for the state police in my state on the older computer for Broadcastify. And I found out that when I would run SDR sharp and DSD to decode it, it would come in like it would have the uh, distortion because the computer wasn't powerful enough. So there's that. And then, you know, people say, you know, analog is dying, which I can, I can agree with that, but you know, there's still a lot to listen to. There's the railroads and for some people around rivers or lakes or, bodies of ocean you have the marine and the amateur radio band so i think it analog is still it's not dead it's not strong but it's still there and there's still stuff to listen to 
Yep, yep. And that's that's one of the big things that's actually on my my own personal website that I run, the local hobby site, um, uh, or the local scanning site that I run. And a lot of people will come in there like, okay, you know, what are you guys finding on low band? Uh, you know, low band roll call, just put your radios into scan uh, search mode for low band or 800, you know, lock out all the, the trunk information that we know about and let's just put our radios in 800 mode and, and see if we're picking up anything that's analog, conventional, even non-trunking up in that in that neck of the woods. So there is still plenty. And again, I live in Long Island, so we have a lot of stuff going on here. Um, I, I know I, I do look in, in radio reference for other parts of the country and uh, to help other other people out. And it's like, you know, just what you said, it's really just, you know, amateur radio, aviation, uh, GMRS, and, and there's really not much out that's in radio reference, but I'm sure there's a lot more that's out there. It's just not, you know, what, what people are interested in. So, um, you know, it's, and again, with SDR, with the waterfall, like you were saying before, and the close call, uh, that certainly does open up doors and, and does kind of get you into a little bit of a, of a, another part of the hobby where you're actually searching for information. Um, and again, too, something that's that uh, to remember when you're walking through like the malls and, and, and uh, doing your shopping, a lot of those companies all have two-way radios as well. And you know they're not, they don't have anything expensive. So you can listen to, you know, uh, shopping areas and all that stuff as well. Uh, th- those would be analog. I think a lot more on the FRS area or the uh, the MERS here, at least in the States. Uh, so you, again, you know, analog may not have the public safety on it, but it still definitely has, uh, plenty to listen to out there. Right. And if you are in the area where I am, like where I was about a year ago, where I didn't have the dongles or anything, I just had my analog. I encourage if you own analog only radios, just turn on the close call and see what you can find because you never know, or just even, even even if it's not close call, I would just go through the, the band function and just see what I could find, you know, what I could pick up. I go through each band one at a time and see, you know, maybe I get, you know, maybe, uh, usually it's not public safety because those are already registered in radio reference, but maybe it's some business systems or, you know, buses, school buses, maybe. I mean, there's always something to find out there. Yep, Exactly. All right, very good. So, um, if somebody want to get in touch with you, um, do you have any type of online presence that uh, somebody can reach out and, and get more information from you? What you're using, or Twitter or anything like that that you that you go on? Um, I do. I try not. I don't post. I didn't think about that. Um, I do. I used to do YouTube. I do anything about radios? Um, I do use Instagram and stuff, but I don't post very often. But. Um, I think it's McMullen.Nathan425 is probably a good place to, you know, get a hold of me. Um, you know, you can direct message me if you have any questions or I've, I've posted like a few radio things on there. So that's probably the best place to go. Okay. And that's on Instagram. Yes, sir. Okay. Excellent. We'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So I always like to be able to, to plug whatever it is that, that, uh, our guests are doing. So, uh, I'll, I'll make and, sure um, another well. good, another good thing is, is if you're into the aviation, um, I do run a feed for the Indianapolis um, in route traffic controls on Broadcastify. You could find that, or I have a few local things in our county as well that I have up on Broadcastify. Excellent. So again, all within a budget. <laughs> so no, nothing, right. is, uh, nothing as crazy. You're not going out and, and buying the. The seven hundred dollar SDS two hundred. Well, I'm sure you wouldn't say no if you could have, if you could afford one. Oh, but, uh, I know. had um, 
there, there was a, I went to an air show and there was a, a kid I met. He was about, he was 12 years old and, um, he had the SDS 100 and we ended up talking and I was just like, I'd never seen one before in person. I was just like, wow, I am so jealous because <laughs> I'd love to have one of those. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. But, um, you know, I, I mean, they'll come down in price too. You know, that, that's what always happening. So, uh, again, you know, I, I bought, like I was saying before, I bought the pro 2006. Now I, I, I think that came out 20 plus years ago. And, you know, where I was 20 years ago, that was, that was untouchable for me. You know, that was just, that was one of those yeah. radios. It was like, you know, that's, you know, in the ballpark now, the SDS 200. So, um, you know, I say you'll never have one, but, uh, you just won't have one today. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, well, my uh, hope is is that um, all the P25 systems don't go fully encrypted where, I, where I'm in yes. my area. I hope they don't go fully encrypted. Hopefully, you know, once I get out of college and I've started my career, I'm hopefully I have my sights set on buying those nice digital radios. Those are my that's my end game at this point. Right, right, and and again, you're 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 still going to fall back, and you're still going to use the uh, the SDR uh, the dongles. I'm sure that you know now that you see how well they work and all that stuff. Um, and again, there's, there's nothing against either of, of, on taking, you know, the radios you do have. And, and I think the prices that you were saying that you, that you paid for them, respectable prices on, on, on the, uh, the 355 and the 125, I mean, those obviously can get, uh, traded up and into the more expensive radios if you, if you had to, um, you know, unfortunately the Baofongs are kind of like, you know, you're not going to get much out of them on a the used market, but, um, you know, they're still, they're still good, a good purchase to get. As a, as a new one so that's always an option right. too you know I mean, you, you can always trade in a couple of the analog ones and eventually pick up a digital one as well so right if, if I had the chance to sell all my radios for an SDS 100 or 200 I'd do it in a heartbeat yep yeah I think you'd still be short a couple hundred bucks though <laughs> yeah I could I mean that, that's the thing like I'm just like I don't you know I'd take a couple hundred dollars off I'd just yeah, I don't want to get rid of all of it and then, you know, be on radios and then right. like have nowhere to go. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yep, yep. But again, there's nothing wrong with having multiple radios either. I mean, I feel like that's, oh, you no. know, it, it, you lose something when you, when you lose radios as well. I mean, like, like you were saying before, you had, you know, you had one radio on, on, on the aviation, you had one radio on the public safety, you had, you had the DMR radio. Um, you have the radio set up so that you can keep tabs of different things using different radios. And that's something that I'm definitely going to talk about in the future too. Is uh, on the podcast is is why people use multiple radios and, and what the draw is and why you know if if you can do it, don't just put all your eggs in one basket and get one radio and what you're missing out on. So um, I, I think right now you know it, it's you know you're, you're saying that it is budget. You know these these aren't expensive radios, um, but there's 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 absolutely you know, and, and I don't want this to come out the wrong way either. There's, there's there's no shame in saying what it is that you have as far as where it comes to your radios. Um, they do the job for you. They do the job well for what you're doing. You're able to keep tabs on what it is that you want to keep tabs on. So um, even though it is just a Baofeng radio or even though it is just a, you know, a 355N, like you were saying, you were taking it out. You took it, you know, with a friend of yours and a cigarette lighter in and, and, and their car and, and, and went to the neighboring, you know, town with that. You're making it work. And, and again, if you had an expensive, you know, SDS 200, would you have taken it out that way as well? So, you know, they, they kind of change the values when they're, when they're worth more, maybe you're afraid to use it and, or, you know, you're going to miss out on some things because the radio is tied up doing something else. So you're really not maximizing 
uh, the value in it, you know, even though it might cost you a lot more money, the value isn't really there for you because what you have now is more valuable than than an expensive radio. So um, all in all, I mean, there's 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 no shame in you know being on a budget. I mean, I think we all li- need to live within our means. Um, you know, I subscribe to the whole Dave Ramsey method of of finances anyway. That if you don't have the money, don't spend it. But sometimes that's easier said than done. And um, right, you know, it's. And I am, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I am big on the whole Dave Ramsey thing. My my parents taught <laughs> me from the beginning. So you don't have money, you don't have it, don't spend it. But yep. with um, having multiple radios, um, there's a thing of uh, you know where we have an aviation allowance redundancy. You know, um, you know you have two of something, so if one breaks, you can replace it. So like my radio shack when I bought from a uh, pawn shop, I was in a hurry somewhere and I had it in my pocket, uh, like clipped in my pocket, and I dropped and broke it. So, and then. So what I did was is the bail fang was able to kind of take in because I, at the time of that, I really didn't use the bail fang. It was kind of more of like an emergency radio. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking the bail fang using that as more of my analog portable than the radio shack. But I believe it was a radio shack pro one ninety seven. Okay. So, so I, I can say like, like you said, don't put your eggs in one basket. You know, if you can save money, I'd say, if you can only have one, that's fine. I understand that. You know, a lot of people are probably on a tighter budget than I am. But you know, if you can buy a, another cheap radio or a radio that's within your price range, do it because if it's a handheld and you or it's a handheld or like a uh, box and you break it or drop it or whatever, you still have the other one to fall back on. Right. Right. All all, all excellent and good points. So again, I want to thank you so much for uh, for being a guest and talking about uh, being part of the hobby on a budget and again is there any anything last minute that uh you want to bring up before we uh before we go i don't have anything i really appreciate you having me here all right great well thank you so much and again this was your idea this wasn't mine so um you reached out to me using the website uh you went up to right. the uh, the podcast link and up in there i have a be a guest so uh again it, uh, it's an open call, so if anybody else has anything else they would like to bring up and, and discuss on the podcast, I am uh, you know, more than happy to have you on and uh, talk about whatever it is that, it is that you want to talk about when it comes to scanning. So again, uh, Nathan, this again, this was your idea. So again, thank you so much for, uh, for bringing us and, uh, and being a guest on uh, Scanner School. I greatly appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me. All right, Nathan, thank you again, very much for reaching out and becoming a podcast guest. So again, if you would like to be a guest of the podcast, all you have to do is go to scannerschool.com and click on podcast and click on become a guest. And again, that will open up a form with a calendar. You could pick the date and time that works for you. Let me know what you want to talk about. And that is it. All you got to do is wait for me to respond and approve or ask for another time slot. And then we sync up and we have a little session. So again, Nathan, thank you very much. And hopefully the rest of you have also benefited from this uh, podcast. Now again, so all the things we talked about this week are can be found with links on our website, scannerschool.com slash session 73. Can't believe we're at 73 already. But again, we did talk about, you know, Baofeng radios and entry-level unit scanners and also software-defined radios. 
And again, if you don't know, I am running a SDR training class right now. This is a live workshop, but as soon as we're done with the live workshop, I'm going to repackage this. And based on feedback from our current students, I am going to be able to improve the course. So when you guys get it, it'll be better than what the current uh, current class is going to get it at. But it'll be an on-demand course. So you'll be able to purchase the program and start taking it at your leisure at any time that works well for you, whether it be on your commute or while you're home, maybe while you're putting the kids to bed, something like that. So again, you can go to scannerschool.com slash courses, and that's where you can get on the waiting list right now. And again, if you listen to this in the future, the course will probably be open, and you can go ahead and purchase it at that time. So again, scannerschool.com slash courses. And of course, I cannot end the show without first thanking our Patreon supporters. We have two new Patreon supporters this week. So again, I'd like to thank Scott Vorder, Brian Southworth, Signals Everywhere, and again, you've heard Signals Everywhere on our podcast in the past. I believe that was Session 70. So again, Corosa from Signals Everywhere. Thank you for becoming one of our newest Patreon supporters. Craig Harper, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, William Arcan, Dan Glenn Bryden. Glenn Bryden is one of our newer Patreon supporters as well. Anthony Saggio, Raymond Hill, James Felling, M.T. Bono, and Mark Beebe. So again, if you're not really familiar with how Patreon works, Patreon is kind of the PBS model of support. Every month, you pledge to support a certain dollar amount. And of course, just like the PBS stations that you're familiar with, when you pledge a certain amount, you also gain benefits. So, you know, when you would pledge on a PBS drive, maybe you'd get tickets or DVDs or whatever else it is. But we also have certain set tiers. So if you want to check out the tiers and you want to know how to support Scanner School on Patreon and grab your benefits, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R. E-O-N. And again, we have tiers starting at just $1 per month. And we go up from there. If Patreon's not your thing, you can support us by going to scannerschool.com slash support. And from there, you can support us just by shopping at Amazon, which comes at no additional cost to you. And looking at my Amazon Associates panel, I can see that plenty of you are doing just that. And I want to thank you very much for going through Scanner School before you make your Amazon purchase. That also helps us out as well. So does our uh, links with Butel Software, Scanner Master, and if those aren't your cup of tea, we also do old-fashioned PayPal one-time donation. So if you're interested in Patreon, again, we have tiers for a buck a month. We have $5, $10, $20, and so on and so forth. And each one of them does have its own set benefits. So again, I want to thank you for listening to Scanner School. And this podcast is here every week to help you learn a little bit more about the scanner radio hobby. And again, if you want to be a guest, just go to the scannerschool.com webpage, click on podcast, and click on be a guest. Again, thank you all for listening. We will catch you all again next Tuesday. And if you're a Patreon supporter, we'll even see you earlier than that. 731, my name is Phil Lichtenberger. I'm sure your call sign is W2LIE. And this is Scanner School.